Welcome to Hour of Devastation, the weekly Magic the Cavern podcast where we talk all things Magic the Cavern. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? Uh, I'm in extreme physical pain. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been ill for like the last few days, uh, just like a f- like flu type stuff. Uh, tested negative for COVID three times, so yeah. assume it's like that. And then uh, at the end of that time, uh, I've got the worst stomach ache that I've ever had in my life. Uh-oh. So, Doesn't sound great, does it? No, but I mean, this is also the only night I'm free this week, so let's <laughs> do a podcast anyway. <laughs> yeah, it definitely, definitely did. did offer to postpone this, but... Yeah, if you're, I've got stuff to do, you know? Yeah, if you're determined, <laughs> if you're determined, all right, we'll do it, we'll do it. I mean, it might be fun, if I'm just screaming in agony by the end of this podcast. <laughs> nice I, I can edit out the screams in post, right? Uh, you can try. <laughs> there may be a lot of them. <laughs> How has your week been? And I'm guessing you haven't been engaged with magic much at all. Uh, no, I've just been sat at home feeling a bit sorry for myself. Really. Totally but, understandable. Um, totally understandable. Yeah, so we've been we've uh, been doing our F and M's again, like just regular back to normal F and M's. But please keep your mask on, or I'll throw you out the store. Yeah. Um, and they've been going well. But then obviously I had to miss the last one we did because uh, I couldn't stop coughing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we, we've had those. Uh, we've been trying to do draft, but no one seems to be interested in draft. I think it's part of the problem with arena. Yeah. Is that, you know, normally at this point during Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, you'd have done maybe four or five drafts, maybe maybe a few more if you're just a casual drafter, and would probably be interested in drafting again. And then uh, now you're, <laughs> you're at the point where you've done like at least a hundred drafts because arena. Yeah, I think there's. Sort of it, so. I think that that set has kind of suffered from from two things really as well, like in terms of, of paper play. I think. It suffered from everybody's favourite, Throne of Eldrain. Like the fact that the yeah. vast majority of the cards in that set just feel so weak, and like it, there's not a lot of cards that you would particularly want in 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 that in that set. Which is you know it's, it's an incentive to draft, is to open cards that you might want, might want to play with. The set just feels so underpowered. But then couple with it releasing right next to Modern Horizons two, which was the complete opposite. It was a very powerful, very, very fun set that you know, you're given the choice between the two. I draft Modern Horizons two over Adventures in Forgotten Realms any day. It's, a it's funny to me set. that people have have made that have drawn that conclusion with Adventures in the Forgotten Realms where basically you open Tiamat or Old Morbone and that's it. Yeah. In terms of value really. Uh and then Modern Horizons, you open Urza Saga, Ragavan and Fetchlands, and that's it, pretty much. <laughs> I've seen a lot of awful Modern Horizons 2 packs being opened. Yeah, but... but people uh, still buy them. The, the gameplay and the power level of the cards is, is a lot better. I mean, you know, it might not be the most valuable thing in the world, but you can certainly play a lot more cards from Modern Horizons 2 in your Commander decks than Adventures in Forgotten Realms, right? Unless you're playing, uh, yes. like, specifically Boris equipment for all the... Oh yeah, that's the returning mechanic for the seventeenth time in the row. Yeah, <laughs> that's nice. Uh, no, and yeah, also the only draftable archetype as well. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, we tried, and people aren't interested, which is kind of fair enough. Yeah, but a modern F and M is sixteen people every week. I believe we had more than that last week. Uh, people want to play Magic, and we've only had one person who got COVID. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just keep your masks on, and then we can sort of pretend like it. Is 2019 and be normal-ish. Yeah. Um. Because people will just want to take the risks now, right? Like festivals going ahead and stuff. So. Yeah, it very much just seems to be the case that, like, I don't know. It just seems like people just don't care anymore. God, I'm excited for November. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, people don't care. Uh, I think it's a case of like, but it, it's always been been the way that uh, yeah. people are. You know, rightfully sick of not being able to do whatever they want, um, and therefore think they should be allowed to do it and want to do it all. And it's like, yeah, it doesn't just stop because you're bored. And I'm sorry, yeah. it's been 18 months of, of not really living a proper life, and that sucks. But also, this isn't hasn't gone away, and not enough of you have got the vaccine. So <laughs> you can do whatever you want as long as you wear masks. That's the thing. Yeah. Just wear masks all the time. You'd probably be alright if you're double vaccinated and have a piece of cloth protecting other people from you you're probably right 
but people don't want to do that either. So <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's all good. Uh, yeah. But we're playing Paper Magic again in like a normal way, just using Event Link, and just people are just playing whoever they want, which is nice. Sweet, um, definitely. Uh, if a little dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> How's your week been? Yeah, it's been it's been fine. I think. Um, yeah, I don't really remember a lot from it to be honest. I think it's just been one of those weeks where I have it's 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 that time of year where it's getting incredibly close to my birthday and I'm kind yeah. of in the last week of my twenties and nice. <laughs> is yeah, uh, I don't know. I guess midlife crisis is just around the corner, right? I think you've been having that for the last at least three years. Yeah, probably. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's just been one of those weeks that it's just felt like it's flown by really fast. Um really engaged with magic much I drafted a sweet legacy cube deck um, possibly the best legacy cube deck I've ever drafted yeah, it was obnoxious yeah it was just like it was just is it Delver with a splint and twin package yeah pretty much like when I say a splint and twin package it was literally just just every splint and twin card in the cube I had like Pestamite Deceiver XR splint and twin and Kiki Jiki, but then also had Imperial Recruiter as well to find pretty much any bit of the combo. And then it was it was just good. Like Ragavan did a lot of work. Dragon's Rage Channeler was in there. Lightning Bolt's in there. Young Pyromancer's in there. Daze is in there. It's literally just is it Delta with <laughs> a nice backdoor twin win condition. It was great. Yeah, it looked really gross. I'm not surprised you threw out that yeah. very swiftly. Yeah, it was uh, it was good fun. I won one one round in like eight minutes. Like <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah, it was good fun. Good fun. Decent sized stream as well. Like it was just fun. A really, really fun Friday night playing Magic. Uh, and yeah, managed to win enough player points to draft Modern Horizons too. So I'm going to do that at some point this week. I think draft it online. Yeah. Play that Ragavan lottery. Yeah, draft the same deck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wish. I wish. <laughs> yeah, Modern Horizons two still just just seems like ridiculously good EV on Magic Online. So. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, it was like, if there's a chance I can open like a $100 card, then why not? Why not? Well, yeah, absolutely. And it seems like a fun format, so... Yeah, it, oh, it's great. Win-win. Big, big fan. But that's pretty much as far as my engagement in Magic goes. I've played a little bit of Arena as well. Um, it's it's fine. Jumpstart Historic Horizons is obviously here and doing its thing, and it's certainly shaken up the historic meta game a little, I think. Um do you like combo decks? Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you like best of one, like pretty much just play Tibbles Trickery and that's it. It's kind of yeah. It kind of sucks to see that deck making a comeback. Um, but I don't know. It's it's a very. I feel like it's a very strange version of of the deck. So I think the the one last time was playing like zero mana artifacts and you cast Tibbles Trickery on turn two and then you you cross your fingers and, and hope you hit. I feel like it was. It wasn't the most consistent thing in the world, and you could definitely beat it. I mean, you certainly beat it in best of three, but you could you could definitely beat it in best of one. But it just went off so quickly. Like, if if they had it, they always had it turn two, turn three. Whereas this new version of the deck goes off on turn four, incredibly consistent consistently. So you do get, you know, you do get an extra turn or two. But if you if you you know they survived till turn four, you you've probably just lost on the spot, which kind of sucks. Absolutely no idea why they thought Throws of Chaos was a reasonable card for Historic. <laughs> <laughs> when Tibble Stricker is in there. Yeah, I don't know. I have, I have no idea. I mean, Brainstorm survived for the longest time, right? As well. Yeah, but that was just miserable to play against. It didn't kill you on turn four. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. That's true. Yeah. Oh, you've got the, the Vesper Arc decks and stuff as well. Yeah, some, they're some not human particularly great, but you can play them definitely. Um, they're miserable to play. <laughs> yeah, miserable to play. I think, I feel like that's kind of how I feel about the format since since the update to be honest like yeah. all of the best decks just feel miserable to play against and like not in a way they were before so obviously I think for the quite a while like the like Jeskai control deck was, was pretty good uh, but now that one has an update it's playing Sarah's Emissary and it's playing Indomitable crea- uh, Creativity um, plays Hard Evidence as well it's a new card in the deck so Hard Evidence and then you suck your token to indomitable creativity and then you put a Sarah's emissary on the field and then you just can't lose the game like <laughs> it sounds good it's just miserable to play against miserable 
it's yeah reasonable control deck uh, plays if it gets the two emissaries down on the field like one of them naming creature the one naming sorcery or instant like it just doesn't matter like it's like having a platinum angel you can't get rid of so uh, that's fun yeah it, it feels miserable which is a shame because I, I really liked historic but definitely feeling like I'm falling out of love with it a bit well hopefully they'll make some changes yeah, and hopefully. you can always do like a, a planned protest like they did with Pauper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that was a thing that happened. That was um, I a I love that 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 happened, uh, and and b I hate that that had to happen to have some changes made to Pauper. Yeah. So we obviously we saw the was it a preliminary or was it just the Pauper leagues? I believe it was oh, like a pass. yeah one of the one of the big Pauper events on Magic Online. Uh, a group of players decided to band together because they're sick of the state of the format and you know, rightfully so um, it has been massively neglected I think by Wizards of the Coast uh, they decided to band together and do some do some win trading in a big event uh, all of the decks were just playing basic lands and the one that won was uh, 20 mountains, 20 plains and 20 forests Went for great stuff yeah great stuff and that's, I uh, mean yeah people have wanted Poor them like wizards to sort out Pauper for a while. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like no one wants to play in any of the queues on Magic Online, which is basically the only way you play Pauper currently. Yeah. Um, so yeah, do it there. Right. Then make wizards vaguely pay attention to you. Yeah, because they have to publish all the winning deck lists, and it's just a pile of basic lands. Yeah, like yeah, and there, was, yeah. there was one that was like fifty-six islands and four snow-covered islands. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed that one. Yeah, it's a it's a shame. It's a shame that things have gone to the the way they are. But you know, at least at least there are things that can be done in in situations like that. Whereas some of the other yeah. things in Magic, I think I don't know, are bigger problems that aren't going to go away. I mean, some parts of Magic are good. Yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely think so. Definitely think like, so. Like uh, Innistrad Midnight Hunt. Yep, let's talk about it. So the, the big bulk this week. See, we, we we missed a week last week, but we had the preview stream. I don't know what they're calling them anymore. We had the showcase, and that was completely different. It's a thing that I never know is happening until everyone in the group chat tells me. Yeah, <laughs> a, a preview stream for uh, Innistrad Midnight Hunt, and yeah, this this set looks amazing so far. I mean, I, I was already fully on board with this set from like the first four cards that they previewed, like. A month ago now or whenever, but yeah, it uh, it the first four cards that were spoiled pulled me out of my uh, preview hype induced stupor very quickly. Yeah, uh, and it hasn't stopped there. Yeah, it's it's so cool. This set just looks amazing. Like once again, they've got Innistrad right. Like the flavor just seems spot on, one hundred percent. All of the art looks fantastic. Just a bunch of really cool cards. We've got some good reprints. We've got some new great cards. I just just love it. Just absolutely love it. Um, I guess mechanics is probably what we'll talk first because we've got sure. all the mechanics in the set. We've got some new ones. We've got some returning ones. Uh, flashback is back. We already knew that, but we're seeing a, a bunch of cards with flashback, and I think a lot of them just look just look really good. Yeah, for sure. I mean, are they all? Sorry, I was just checking. Are they all multicolors? No, they're not. Okay. No. <laughs> so the only the only flashback cards I've taken out over the multicolor ones. Um, but yeah, flashback is a good mechanic. Um, we've got some like sort of weird innovation on uh, flashback, slightly in a couple of cards. So you've got the multicolor ones. Obviously, it's the first time they've done gold flashback cards. Yeah, multicolor flashback <laughs> cards. Uh, a gold flash. I'm not doing this again. Uh, and then you have stuff like. Light up the night, which is flashback with a mana cost and remove X loyalty cards from among planeswalkers you control. Yeah. Which is strange, <laughs> but it's interesting for sure. So it's very similar to um, what's the card that Ad Nauseum in Modern used to use to kill people? Lightning Storm. Yeah, yeah. Similar to that in that it, you pay a cost with a weird specific thing. Like removing loyalty counters from planeswalkers. Uh, yeah, there's some there's, there's some flashback cards. Yeah, so I think another mechanic that we've seen make a return is investigate, uh, which 
is fantastic. It's one of my favourite mechanics of all time. Obviously it was introduced yep. in Shadows of Innistrad. It's really cool to see it back here. Uh, we're getting some clue tokens. It's just good. They're always good. Uh, yeah. It's kind of weird that the first time that the clue tokens were specifically tied to the Eldrazi, right? Or like... It was yeah. It was to Jace sort of investigating the mystery, trying to find out what what is happening on Innistrad. Why are I think why are things going yeah. strange? And I guess everyone on Innistrad just really loved Jace's work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're copying him still. But that's cool. Yeah, I love I love investigate. Um, I hope there's a card similar to Tyler's Tracker that gets printed because that's one of my favorite cards ever. Yeah, that'd be cool. Tyler's Tracker is a great card. Great card. Yeah. So another, I guess pseudo mechanic that we, we've got back sort of so it's a bit different this time uh, which they had alluded to is is that we have we have double face cards they are back transform cards except this bound this time they're they're called day bound and night bound uh-huh so they've, they've stepped away from the, the keyword transform and it's kind of like a whole new mechanic uh, based on on the state of of the day in terms of uh, of inside of the game that you're playing, so yeah, if a player has cast no spells during their own turn, uh, it becomes night time. So that is is indicated by a a daytime and a nighttime token. Yeah, which is quite quite strange. I feel like it's it's quite a quite a bizarre thing, quite a jarring thing to to look at really. So you you have a, a double sided yeah. token that is day on one side and night on the other. Uh, and then they each have some some text on that token. Is is for daytime? It's as it becomes day, transform all night bound permanents. If a player casts no spells during their own turn, it becomes night next turn. And for night, as it becomes night, transform all day bound permanents. Permanents enter the battlefield. Night bound. If a player casts at least two spells during their own turn, it becomes day next turn. Yeah. So they've just tried to take the specifically the werewolf transform cards from original Innistrad block. And turn them into a whole mechanic that can affect any kind of card. Yeah. Because um, the point with the uh, with the werewolves specifically before was, if you cast no spells, it can sneak up and you become a werewolf, and then you're yeah. casting more spells to try and get away from the werewolf. Yeah. And totally. now it's just, I guess, you don't do anything. It becomes night. If you do things, it becomes day. Because that's how. <laughs> cycles of day and night work, I guess. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I guess. I mean, yeah. You're not doing anything, so you're asleep, and it's night time. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they've tried to just make that into a whole mechanic that can affect everything rather than just werewolves, which is which is cool. Which is yeah. Fine. Yeah. I, I um, like it definitely. I, I definitely yeah. like it. It's say so yeah, it is a bit, a bit odd and a bit jarring to look at at first. I think, but I I really like it. I really like the idea. The idea. I think it's. Yeah, I can definitely see this being like one of those kind of things that they they might have tried to do a long time ago and just haven't really been able to figure out the technology behind sort of how to do it. And then they found yeah. the right place, and yeah, it, I, I think it's going to work. One of those things that will be become sort of quite intuitive once once you work with it. Yeah, sure. I mean, we do have cards like the Celestas, which yeah. I still don't know what this card does. There's a three mana legendary artifact. If it's neither day nor night, it becomes day as the Celestia said it's the battlefield. Tap to add one mana of any color. Three and tap it. If it's night, it becomes day. Otherwise, it becomes night. Activate only as a sorcery. Whenever day becomes night or night becomes day, you gain one life. You may draw a card if you do discard a card. Yep. It's just a lot of words. <laughs> it feels like they've done day bound the night bounds trying to streamline the whole like, <laughs> transform mechanic that werewolves had in the original Instrad, and they've just made this monolith of text that's absolutely horrible. Yeah. Um, I think this card's kind of okay because it's a three mana mana rock. This is the thing they've been doing when they try and make monolith but better. Yeah, it's a three mana mana rock that you can pay three and tap it to gain a life and draw a card. And discard a card. Only when it only when it's day. Right. Or night. No, no, whenever whenever day whenever becomes day night becomes or night becomes day, becomes day, you gain one life. Oh. You may draw a card so if you do discard a card. So yeah, okay. just sure. pay three. I guess at sorcery speed, you can pay three mana and tap it to gain life, and then you can lose. Uh, sure. <laughs> Which, I just yeah, think it seems uh, fine. Seems fine. Yeah, it's a, it's fine. It's just a very the wording on it's so clunky. 
hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I hate yeah. it very much. I, I, like like... The I like the mechanic, but every time I read a card that has Dayband or Nightband or does something with the day and the night, I am confused <laughs> and have to read it several <laughs> times. Yeah. It's not I, an intuitive like... mechanic. No, I feel like it's one of those mechanics that is kind of intuitive if you're playing on a digital client like Magic the Gathering Arena and uh, you know you, you can physically see the effects of day and night and physically see them change uh, I, I feel like it's probably been playtested with that in mind heavily I think so I, I think this might be a set where we see some cards that the paper versions of the cards might look and feel a bit wordy or, or a bit strange but when you're playing them on Arena it's going to feel like nice and smooth, and it's all going to work, and you're going to you're going to grok it quite easily, I think. Yeah, it's never going to be as bad as the uh, double phase cards from Strixhaven. Jesus Christ! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. There's a lot of words. A lot of words. It's, for those uh, cards. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot, but it's it's a cool mechanic, and I, I like it, especially flavor-wise as well. Yeah, totally. Cool. So we also have disturb. That is a, a new mechanic. Uh, it is an extension of flashback, so it allows players to cut creature cards from their graveyard at a specified mana cost. Um, so, for example, you have Beloved Beggar, it's 1 in a white for a 0 4 human pheasant, and then it has Disturb, so 4 white white, you may cast this card from your graveyard transformed for its Disturb cost. Uh, this the is back. the most Innistrad mechanic I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like um, Embalm from Armanket, but. Yeah. Even better, because they're, they're a full creature and they're not just a token. Yeah, it's... Uh, just like, how can we combine both flashback and transform? Yeah. <laughs> and that's what this mechanic is, it's great. Yeah, uh, totally. It's a very, it's very strict, because like, you don't get to cast the backside, and then you can only get the backside if it if you disturb it. But Yeah. It's, very, it's, yeah, it's the most industrial mechanic they could have possibly designed. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I really like it. I, I think... It's like, in terms of limited, I think it's going to be quite interesting as well. Like this beloved beggar, for example, two mana zero four, and then when it dies, you can pay six mana, get it back from your graveyard, and it becomes a four four with flying and vigilance. Yeah, so that's that's pretty cool. I think there are probably going to be a lot of shenanigans you can do in limited with with disturb. Uh, I, yeah, I, sure. I think we've seen a couple of cards as well in the set so far that care about like sacrificing things as well. So being able to sacrifice something that you know might be subpar on one side but can come back as something pretty good something that yeah. we might see a lot of which is cool big fan of that last mechanic last mechanic no no there are two more mechanics two uh there are... yeah there are two more mechanics <laughs> so next up we have decayed uh so decayed is a mechanic that creates zombie tokens it's a keyword, not a keyword, an ability word that zombie tokens made by certain cards have, I think. Yeah. Uh, so the two two zombies with decayed, and then uh, decayed zombies can't block, and when they attack, sacrifice in the turn. Yeah. So you have cards like uh, Tainted Adversary, which has multi kicker, <laughs> but uh, one on the backfield, two three with death touch. Uh, when it ends the backfield, you may pay two and a black any number of times when you uh, when you pay this cost one or more times put that many plus one plus one counters on it then create twice that many two two black zombie creature tokens with decayed yeah so it's just uh, basically if you're making a two two black zombie in this set then you're making it with decayed uh, and then it affects another couple of other cards as well so we have Gissa Glorious Resurrector which is at the beginning of your upkeep put all creatures exiled with uh, Gissa Glorious Resurrects it onto the battlefield under your control, they gain Decayed. So it's just a thing that happens to tokens. Yeah, totally. Um, they can't block, and you have to sacrifice them if they attack. It's, it's interesting, definitely. Yeah, I'm not sure it's going to make much of a... I don't know, it's not a big... It's, like, it's just tokens that do specific things, right? So. Yeah, it feels very Innistradian flavour, like you're making a, a bunch of zombies and those zombies are, are going to attack. Like, it's... Yeah. it's it's a you know it's a zombie it's a zombie horde represented in magic terms. Yeah, yeah, I think it's cool. It's cool. It's interesting. Yeah. And then the final new mechanic we have is Coven. Uh, so Coven is Coven cares about what does Coven care about? 
I'm just reading a cigar. Covenant is kind of strange. Yeah, if you control three or more creatures, three or more creatures with different, different power stats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is cool. Like Coven is three different, I guess, people getting yeah. together. Uh, and there are loads of different triggers. So Sagada says when it attacks, if you control three or more creatures with different powers, look at the top five cards of your library. You may reveal a human card from among them and put it into your hand. The rest of the bottom of your library in a random order. Um, and there are a bunch of cards that have Coven and they do different things when you meet the Coven uh, the, the, the Coven requirement of having yeah. a one power creature, a two power creature and a three power creature for example I guess that's it, yeah, so it's worded as as long as you control three or more creatures with different powers so it, it is, it's is—it's that coming together yeah. I guess it represents that coming together of of you know the four, di- four different types of magic, isn't it? Yeah. So the, the four elements all coming together and because you've got different powers coming together you get to do a, sp- a special thing I don't know, it's it's yeah. cool, again it feels very very like Innistrad-y very spooky, very magic-y and I think it ties into yeah. the whole focus of this set particularly with it being like the like the autumn harvest and all of the old magic shenanigans that are going on too Yeah so there are some that have a trigger like Sagan and the ones you attack, you checks if you have Coven, and then you have other ones that have static abilities that do a different thing if you have Coven. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know, I don't think the actual mechanic itself is very spooky, but calling it Coven is pretty spooky, so <laughs> Yeah, that, that's it. It's yeah, it's 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 the name and the fact that yeah, it does it represents a coven quite well. But yeah, I think you're right, definitely it's the the flavour of calling it Coven is what makes it spooky. But it's a good fit, yeah. it's a good name. Absolutely. Uh, and then that's it. I guess yeah. we have uh, werewolves are back and very supported. I guess it's technically kind of an Innistrad mechanic. Yeah, it's like tribes. Like technically, tribes is, is a mechanic because the Innistrad is, is a tribal plane. Uh, yep. Also, some cards have ward and some cards have flash, but they're deciduous at this point anyway. Some cards have hexproof. It's in the same set of cards have ward. Yeah. Uh, which is what I like. I like that they haven't just completely done away with hexproof. Yeah, totally. And they're using it in select circumstances, that's nice. Curses appear to be back as well. We do have some curse cards, oh, yeah. which obviously that's very Innistrad-y. Yeah, they're just trying to go full Innistrad on this. And that's why yeah. I said when like when we first looked at the spoiled cards, it's like, they know how to do Innistrad. And how to oh, really 100%, put, yeah. Really put the flavour of the plane onto the cards, and I love that. Uh, so do we want to just talk about some cool cards? Yeah, we can do. So we can do. Where do you want to start? I think I'm just going to, basically, I'm going to go to mythicspoiler.com and just <laughs> scroll down until I see a card that I like. Sure. Well, I think um, we should start with the land cycle. Oh yeah, we should do that, yeah. Land cycles are usually one of my favourite things about a set that has a land cycle. Uh, and this one's pretty interesting, right? So we have. Yeah, I like this one. Do we know what we're calling these yet? I've been calling them slow lands, but... They're, they're the opposite of fast lands, so I assume slow lands? Yeah, I would assume so. So we have Overgrown Farmland, Deserted Beach, Shipwreck Marsh, Haunted Ridge, and Rockfall Vale. Very spooky, scary names. Uh, so they all have the clause of if X enters the battlefield tapped, uh, X enters the battlefield tapped unless you control two or more other lands. So they are very much the opposite of fast lands. You need to control two yeah. or more other lands for these to come into play untapped. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I'm impressed that they keep managing to come up with. Uh different names for these lands. Yeah. <laughs> Especially considering the how frequently they use just basic uh, tapped dual lands at this point. Especially in like commander decks and stuff and um, the Planeswalker decks often have ones that don't actually appear in the set so they're churning like at least three different dual lands out every year. Yeah. <laughs> and they're still coming up with stuff like Shipwreck Marsh which is cool. Yeah, um, Deserted Beach. Over yeah. Like they're all cool names. Absolutely. Uh, I think these are good. Obviously, of course, the, the first uh, takes I saw on these were you can't fetch them, they're terrible. Which yeah. is hilarious. Um, these would be nice if they, if they had the, the land type so they were fetchable. Yeah. Because they're always going to come in untapped in the late game. But also, they're always going to come in untapped in the late game, which is why they're good, so you don't need to have to fetch them. Um, having fetchable lands was like really weird for a long time because we had dual lands and we had shock lands. And then yeah. we had the Barbazanica lands, and then we had the. Um, the Kaldheim tap jewels and stuff, and then the triomes and so having land types is kind of uncommon. Um, but I think these are good. I yeah. genuinely think these are good, and it's I not like, like it doesn't them. have to check. Doesn't have to check basics. Yeah, just I, I, I like these a lot, and I 
I like that these play quite nicely with the Adventures in Forgotten Realms lands as well. So obviously those yeah. lands care about um, if you control two or more other lands, they enter the battlefield tapped. Whereas these are yeah. these are the opposite. Uh, I yeah, I think it's good. I think it's going to be good to have these these timing restrictions in in the format. I think it means yeah. that they'll all see play as well. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Deserted Beach was modern playable. Yeah, so possibly. A blue-white land that comes in untapped every turn after turn three, which is kind of what you want. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm not sure if they're going to be better than. Like, I was going to say, are Fortress. they going to be better than Glacial Fortress? Yeah. Yeah, like if they're going to be better than the Checklands, but I mean, it's also nice that the, the Checklands uh, uh, were in Innistrad, the yeah. uh, the enemy, enemy color ones originally, and now we've got these ones which check other lands. That's nice. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I think they might be. You just need two lands, right? So you can play like, so you could play your Seacrone Coast if you if you wanted a fast land for your deck, and then Deserted Beach would still come in untapped. Yeah, that's you, true. It would, you wouldn't have to care about controlling an Islander of Plains. Controlling an Islander of Plains in Blue White Control or similar decks is arbitrary. Yeah. <laughs> and Glacial Fortress comes in untapped ninety nine percent of the time. Uh, but this is nice for like for like maybe more color decks or like Esper or Jeskai or something like that. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah, I guess yeah, I guess most the, the may, maybe most of these will see play in like Niv Delight or something in Pioneer. I guess there'll be good good lands yeah. there. Yeah, because um, you play a tap Trium on turn one, and then you play basically two ways. I don't know. They're, I think they've. I wouldn't be surprised if these turned up in in Pioneer or Modern. Yeah. Uh, at all, and they're certainly better than the Shadows of Rinnestrad lands, because those lands yeah. sucked, and I'm really, <laughs> really upset that we got. The completed cycle of those, the strict seven, because they suck. <laughs> um, and these are a much nicer design. And a, a design I've been sort of waiting for them to do. I'm surprised it's only two. I was kind of assumed like a slow land like this would be at least three or four. Yeah, totally. And that they wouldn't be good. But that's that's why I'm like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if these were playable in in, in uh, extended formats. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be cool. And they're nice. Uh, also, I'm sick of getting allied color lands first. Please, can we have enemy colour lands? <laughs> I swear to God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to wait so long for enemy colour lands for my commander decks. It sucks. But they're great. I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah, me too. I think these are great. Big, big fan of those. Uh, where do you want to hit next? Alright, I'm just going to, like I said, going to go to Myth, Myth Explorer. Just going to scroll down. We've already covered Tainted Adversary. Uh, I mean, I, I guess we have to talk about Trovelar. Dire Overlord. Yeah, your werewolf we've commander finally, right? Finally have a werewolf commander. Uh, so Trevor Dire Overlord is one red green for one red green for a legendary creature human werewolf. Whenever a wolf or werewolf you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control three or more wolves and or werewolves, it becomes knight. Then transform any any number of human werewolves you control. Trevor is also Trevor is also daybound. Uh, transforms into uh, Trevelar the Midnight Scourge, which is a 4 4. Whenever a wolf or werewolf you control does combat action player draw a card, and then it says X, red, green, target wolf or werewolf you control gets plus X plus O and gets red, and then it's uh, So it's just doing generic, vague tribal things. Yeah. Whenever one of the tribe does combat damage draw a card, which is nice rather than just a um, an anthem. And then it transforms all your werewolves. Which is what we want a legendary werewolf to do. Thank you, Wizards. Yeah, totally. Totally. And then on the back it has Cursed Wolf on. For wolves and werewolves specifically. Which is cool. Yeah, it's cool. I, I'm a, I'm a I like it a lot. Um how how do you feel about the fact that they've they've made it a red green werewolf commander and then printed some reasonable werewolves in white and black in the set? Uh sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like the kind of thing they do. <clears throat> where they try and finally make a tribe playable in Commander and then just make you want to play a different colour. Yeah, it means you got to play so the whole, regardless anyway. Yeah, it's like the whole Merfolk problem. It was like, Merfolk didn't really have a good Commander and they were already, they were always in blue and then obviously because of Whirlwind we had blue-white and you had uh, Sig Riverguide as your Commander because yeah. he was a blue-white Merfolk. <laughs> he didn't really care about Merfolk but he was a blue-white Merfolk. Uh, and then they printed blue green ones with Ixalan and they printed a blue green legend so you couldn't tell the white merfolk uh, and this is kind of the, the reverse of that in yeah. that they're <laughs> printing the red green werewolf <laughs> commander and non red green werewolves in the same set yeah uh, they printed a, a pretty good white, mono white werewolf I think 
Yeah, but I'm not sure people are going to care that much, and that card looks like it's sort of slanted towards constructed rather than commando. Yeah. And I don't right. think you're going to be missing huge amounts if you're if you're missing a couple of werewolves outside of the colours because you have enough to be getting on with, I guess. Um, I mean, you can be playing some absolute shitters in this deck for sure yeah. <laughs> because most werewolves are not very good outside of like. Um, well, I can't think of the name of the mythic from Dark Ascension. Um, I have no idea. Huntmaster of the Fells. There you go. Yeah, yeah. You should absolutely know that card. Yeah, that is a cube staple. I do know that yeah, card. Yeah, it's an excellent card. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it kind of drops off to that. But this is this is cool. We finally get the Werewolf Commander, and a bunch of the Werewolf cards have spiked. Who knew? Yeah. Including yeah. <laughs> yeah. Immerwolf, so... Uh, yeah, I, I I love that they've finally done it and then <laughs> printed a white werewolf. That's so good. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, yeah, that's the card I want to talk about. Where, where do you want to go? Uh, I mean, we can talk about Brutal Cathar. It's pretty cool. Sure. Tuna white. Uh, yeah, tuna white for a two-two human soldier werewolf. When the creature enters the battlefield, it transforms into Brutal Cathar. Exile target creature and opponent controls until this creature leaves the battlefield. And then on the other side, it's a red 3-3 werewolf with first strike and ward pay three life. Yeah, so this is a, it's just a, a Fiend Hunter Banisher Priest variant. That turns it's into also... a Thunderbreak Regent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Uh, I love this card. It's very cool. It's, yeah, so, I mean, to be fair, we were saying about how they did Dayband the Nightbound so they could do non-werewolf cards having the, the werewolf word, but then they made the white card the werewolf. Yeah. Whatever. That's fine. Uh, yeah, it's a white werewolf. That's kind of cool. Uh, and then, yeah, it's it exile type creature in the opponent controls until this creature leaves the battlefield. So even when it's transformed, it's still exiled. Um, yeah, this is a cool card. I guess you don't get to play Fiend Hunter in your red green deck. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you have removal. It's fine. You have beast within chaos. What, what was you want? Yeah, it's just it. It's weird that they've. Uh, that they... Do you think this makes a cut in something like Modern Humans, maybe, in the, in the sideboard slot? <sighs> maybe. I mean, how long have Because I know they were playing Banish Priest for a, for a time yeah. at some point, and they were playing... They were just playing um, Deputy of Detention, which isn't a human, Yeah. as this effect. The fact that it's single white is is uh, is nice. Um, so it's a two and a white for a 2-2, two, two, which is kind of okay. And then, and then it exiles, rather than like one white-white, which is what Banish Priest and Fiend Hunter were. So... Maybe, and then it's a three-three-three three with first strike, and it's kind of hard to kill. Yeah, and the whole the whole daybound, nightbound thing works quite nicely with Ether Vial as well. Like, I mean, you don't have to cast things; you can just vial them in. Vial them then, in. Yeah, so and it gets to transform. It. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Uh, so maybe it's, it's cool. It's just yeah. it's just a cool card. I think it's you know, whether or not it will see play or not. It's cool that they've got that option. I like it. I love this design. Yeah, it's 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 very very cool. Um, it's just like you see cards like this, and you're like, "Oh, they haven't done that before," and they haven't done that before, and it's it's cool and exciting to see it for the first time. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, you can't play this in your your Trovalar deck. Trovalar deck. I'm sorry. Speaking of cards, I love in this set. Uh -huh. Let's talk about consuming ooze. <laughs> okay. Three green green for a creature ooze. Consuming ooze's power is equal to the number of card types among cards in your graveyard, and its toughness is equal to that number plus one. At the beginning of your end step, create a green ooze creature token with this creature's power is equal to the number of card types among cards in your graveyard, and its toughness is equal to that number plus one. Uh, it's Goyf. It's Tom Goyf, but it's an ooze. And I, <laughs> I just love this. I love this. <laughs> yeah, and it makes more Tom Yeah, it makes more Tom and yeah, they finally finally found the found found the the, the dial on, on this card, like where it needs to be to be a a good barely costed card is five mana apparently uh, and at this point it's probably cost effective to actually use copies of time of tokens yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is worth nothing and uh, mythic tokens are often very expensive so yeah, just it's use, true, just use the, the time of you've got lying around that you spent a hundred pounds on uh, yeah. <laughs> also it's another ooze like they're really pushing the ooze tribal because we had slurk in uh, Commander Legends with Legendary Ooze and then you had like Ave Legendary yeah. Ooze and this is another Ooze that goes in the, the Ooze Tribal deck I think the Ooze Tribal deck might be better than the Werewolf Tribal deck at this point oh I fully agree yeah like Biogenic Ooze is, is a house that card's great yeah and you get like Scoos which yeah. is nice 
There's a, they didn't yeah. use secret layer too. Yeah, they've really been seeding the users, haven't they? Acidic slime. Yeah, they love oozers. I don't know why. <laughs> it's very strange. But like all the creature types that, that people want to be supported, like we want a better bear commander because Ayula was kind of mediocre. We just want more bears because the Ayula bear deck is bad. Uh, and it's like, no, oozers. We've decided oozers. Hell yeah. Like, they were slime, like, slime tribal. Big fan. Yeah, there were like four people who'd built a. Uh, whatever the. whatever the Sultai. Uh, commander was that was an ooze that didn't care about being an ooze but it just was an ooze that like reanimates things so like becomes a copy of a creature with another creature's land Mimeoplasm? Mimeoplasm uh, yeah, there were like, four people with an ooze travel Mimeoplasm back and was like we're going to cater to those people yeah. <laughs> uh, and I like that <laughs> that's cool yeah uh, I, I kind of I kind of hope this is like a, like a Ghostbusters reference as well it is just like here's Slimer on a card given that we've got like like Arcane Infusion is definitely somebody busting ghosts. Oh, for the sure, art yeah. for that, yeah. I, I, I really hope this is just a slimer reference. Like, yeah, I mean, every is like, a du- yeah, during design, like, right here, are, here are the references that we're gonna fit into this set. We have to Ghostbusters references. How are we gonna do this? And yeah, straight up, like, let's do slimer. Let's make a make a slimer card. Yeah. I love it. Big big fan of fan of, of consuming ooze and. Use creature type apparently. It's great. Tarmagoos. Tarmagoos, yeah. Tarmoosgoif. Oozagoif? <laughs> I don't know. It's anyway. Great, whatever it is. <laughs> it is very good. I love it. Right, next card. Let's talk about Enduring Angel. So, two white, white, white for a creature, Angel. It has flying, double strike. You have hexproof. And if your life total would be reduced to zero or less, instead, transform Enduring Angel and your life total becomes three. Then, if Enduring Angel didn't transform this way, you lose the game. Uh, on the uh, other side, it is Angelic Enforcer. Uh, it's flying, you have hexproof, and Angelic Enforcer's power and toughness are each equal to your life total. And whenever Angelic Enforcer attacks, double your life total. Yeah, so it's a 5 mana 3 3 that gives you hexproof, and it's a very good beta, and then it stops you dying, and then it becomes a 3 3, and it already was a 3 3. But it doesn't have double strike, but it doubles your life total, so it kind of has double strike in that it yeah. has its own power. It's a weird one. <laughs> it's they incredibly keep, weird. Of, uh, yeah, I they keep doing this. Love it. Yeah. They keep doing this with that like, Angel of Grace that was like Angel's Grace, but on a creature. Yeah. From, yeah. Uh, Allegiance. And they were doing this. Um, it's interesting. I kind of wish it gave other things hexproof, like. Uh, Apparently the stomach pain has spread to my head and I can't remember a single card name. <laughs> Shalai from Dominaria. Shalai, thank you. <laughs> I love that card. Uh, yeah, I wish it kind of did Shalai instead. Um, gave other creatures and planeswalkers hexproof as well. Yeah. Because uh, you can definitely lose the game if you just have the Angelic Enforcer in play. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's a cool design. It's not going to be playable. Buy it for your Angel Tribal deck. I mean, maybe I'll see some standard play, right? Uh, I'm going to call it No. <laughs> Don't know why. Z- Zendikar stays in standard, right? Uh, sure, why not? Yeah, then we 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 can do Angel Tribal for sure. Wait, does does Zendikar stay in standard? I think so. I think that's yeah. That becomes a new cutoff point, doesn't it? Sure. Zendikar <laughs> takes the slot the Throne of Eldraine currently has. <laughs> yeah, I, does it? I don't know. It's the, it's only my job to know when Zendikar <laughs> is. Um. Possibly, yeah, I mean, you can do Angel... When has Angel Tribal ever been playable in any constructive Magic of the Gathering format? Yeah, 2021, maybe. There we go, you do it. You do it, you spend all your wild cards on this. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Hey, it's, it's a Mythic, and all the other good Angels are Mythics as well. I've got Mythic wild cards are days. As long as you don't use any rare wild cards, for really <laughs> Mythic Tribal. I mean, yeah. the, the, the curve starts at five, but good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... I you know, maybe. Maybe it is playable. We'll see. I mean, it's probably historic playable, though. Like, there is already a good historic angel life gain deck, so it probably just fits into that. Yeah, it becomes pretty horrendous on the, the other side. But the thing is, with, with the life... It's a life gain deck, so, like, it's never going to flip, so it's just going to be a 5-mana, 3-3 three, three, double, double strike flying with gives you hexproof. Which is fine, yeah. but it's not going to be, like, a Sarah avatar, right? Yeah, it's true. Levels are huge. This is true. Just a cool card, I think. Yeah. Right, what should we hit up next? Let's talk about Arlen. 
Yeah, let's go. Got a new Arlen card. She's stunning the strat still. Uh, Arlen, the Pact's Hope. Two red green for a legendary planeswalker Arlen, who is daybound. Uh, plus one until your next turn, you may cast creature spells that they had flash, and each creature you control in this battlefield additional plus one plus one counter on it. Minus three, create two 2 2 green wolf creature tokens. She uh, starts with four loyalty. And then when it becomes night, I think, <laughs> uh, so you have uh, plus two, add red and a green, zero until on the turn, Arlen the Moon's Fury becomes a 5 5 werewolf creature token creature with trample, indestructible, and haste. Yeah, uh, very yeah. all honey. Yeah, I mean, it's the first um, Planeswalker that has the werewolf text, I guess. Yeah, they've actually <laughs> they made it that because... context. Yeah, Because, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the old Arlen had to activate to transform, right? Yeah, yeah. And the old Garrick had to activate to transform. Yeah. Because it, 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 a, a, it had something you had to meet, but it was still an activated ability when you transform. Yeah, so yeah. So this, this just transforms like any other werewolf. Um, which I guess makes it a bit of a liability, um, but because you don't know what side it's going to be on, right? You don't know whether you're going to have a five-five. And if you like, so if, if it becomes day next turn, right? It becomes night next turn. Okay, sure. Yeah, so yeah. it can it, you can't just accidentally transform to a five-five. Um, yeah, it means you fun. could set up day. Could you set up day or night, and it would enter the battlefield in either of the states? No. So no. when you you cast it on its front face, which is always daybound, I believe. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, it is always daybound. Yeah. And then it has to become day. It has to become night. Become night. To, yeah. So if it's already night, and then it becomes day, it just stays the same. And then when it becomes night the next time. Yeah. See, it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, yeah, this is fine. I would be surprised if this was playable. Put it in your werewolf tribal deck that you're about yeah. to build because of this set. So, hooray. Yeah, pretty much. Feel exactly the same. Um, just fine. Just fine. Uh, probably won't see much play. It'll probably see less play than Alan Cord did. Yeah, probably. Uh, can we talk about the alt art for a second? The borderless yeah, art. Which one? <laughs> the board. The borderless art. Yeah. What's that about? The, the one where she's like fifteen or something. Yeah, when she's like a child and she's got a, a bear as a pet. Yeah. And 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 she's not a wolf, a bear. It's um, oh, it's definitely a bear. Definitely looks like a bear. Yeah, and and she's like <laughs> genuinely looks like a seventeenth century portrait of some kind of priest. Yeah, it's very weird. And she's like she an is a priest. priest. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, it's very strange. It's for, I mean, it's it's a very nice art, and I like it. It's just very strange to see on a magic card. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, totally. So it looks totally. if that was hanging up in like some kind of national trust somewhere, and I walked past it, I would not think twice about that and think that doesn't look right. <laughs> it looks exactly like an actual portrait. It's very odd. It's cool. I like it. I, I really like the 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 showcase frame art as well. The, well, the is e equinox is that what we're calling? Them? Uh, harvest. Probably isn't it? Harvest variant, wasn't it? I can't remember what they're called. I think it's the some kind of something. I can't yeah, be expected yeah. to know all these things. There's just there's just too much. There's Wizards, too please. Much. <laughs> it is e Equinox Frame. That oh, is, it that is, is what they're called. Frame. Yeah. I just lied to you. I apologize. That's fine. <laughs> I, did, yeah. I genuinely thought I wasn't lying to you. So. The art, yeah, the art is amazing on that one as well. Just. It's I, very good. Yeah, I like these Equinox Frames a lot. It just again manages to really capture the the spirit of the plane, the spirit of the, the set. Yeah, it's, cool. it's a shame this card is unplayable. Yeah, and you won't Definitely. get to see that card very often. Is that art excellent? Definitely. Right, where do we want to hit next? Do we scroll back up to the top? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say th this one was an interesting one for me. So we have uh, Lisa Forgotten Archangel. 2 white white black for legendary creature angel it's a 4-3 and has flying lifelink whenever another non-token creature you control dies return that card to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step and if a creature an opponent controls would die exile it instead whenever another non-token creature you control dies return it in the next couple of sets as a character yeah yeah because Lisa's meant to be dead <laughs> yeah I d why did they lie why did they lie why, why did they lie to us 
I don't know, because it was on the internet, and that's where you're watching. Yeah, I'm super excited about when they, they revealed Lisa Shroud and Dusk in, in Commander Legends. I was like, okay, that's cool. Finally, finally gets a card. And then revealed with this story about, oh, yeah, she, she's dead. Like, well, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That sucks. I guess we're not going to see her in the upcoming Innistrad set. And then, out of nowhere, here we go. And she's, she's like a that. rare. She's a, which, yeah, she's which feels really thing. strange to me. Like, Yeah, that sucks. Well, yeah, because all the original ones were mythics. Yeah. And, I mean, we'll get to the, the Sagada in this set. She's a mythic, and she was a mythic in the Shadow set. Um, I guess uh, one of them wasn't mythic in Eldritch Moon. Yeah. Bruno wasn't mythic, she was rare. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like the first outing for your like, Innistrad Angel should probably be mythic. And it doesn't... It's not too far away from being mythic. Because it's yeah, pretty definitely. good. I, I think like it's, it. it's quite probably... Quite probably playable, I think. Um, yeah. Like, again, if, if White Black Angels is is definitely a deck, which like, I think it could be between Zendikar and Kaldheim, there's enough there's enough angels and Valkyries and stuff. I think yeah, you sure. have something going on. Yeah, I, I think this card this card's cool. Um, I I hope we get a story because I would like to know like a where she was, and and b like. Where was she and what was she doing when all the Eldrazi stuff was going on? How did she avoid being emeraldled? That would have been cool to find out. I don't think Wizards of the Coast know. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like a character they just sort of made up on the spot and then. It was weird because they, yeah, like, like there was no mention of her before the Commander Legends card, right? Really? It was just, there were, yeah, she wasn't named. It was just the fourth, the fourth angel. They have a, they have a sister that's missing. And yeah. now it's like, oh well, oh she was killed by Abyssin, apparently, and now she's yeah. just here. Yeah, and does look a little bit like Emrakul in the art. I'm not gonna lie. Sure. The way I mean, the maybe... wings are folded round, the way the, the the tabard I guess is all flapping down, and you've got like the white and the the red, and it's definitely definitely a little bit of a bit of an Emrakul look. You just love Emrakul and want to see her everywhere. That's fine. Yeah, Emrakul's just great. I agree. One of the uh, best characters in Magic, I think. I think one of the best, like, big bads in most fantasy tropes, really. Yeah, I don't like to use the word bad because I don't think Emrakul is bad, but yeah. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, the big the big thing you're meant to defeat. Yeah. Right, as the Gatewatch or whatever. The, the thrift, yeah. Yeah, I think she's probably one of the best out of most fantasy properties. Yeah, I fully agree. Because she's absolutely bizarre. Um, <laughs> I think it's very cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe she came back from death. Because she was only killed, she was an exile, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. If she, if she was maybe, maybe, bad, yeah, so. maybe someone performed the, the unburial rites and then here she is. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that's a very innocent thing, right? It is, yeah, especially, I mean, given that the set is meant to be about like returning the ways of the old magic and traditions and harvest festivals and stuff, then yeah, why not? Yeah. Why not? If Wizards aren't going to give me the story, I'll just make it up myself. Not like it matters either way. I've been doing that for years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's cool that she's here, and I like it's a here's your commander. <laughs> you want to play black black white angels in commander? Here's his a black white angel. There you go. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, all right. Can we can we talk about Sagada, please? Yeah, let's go for I it. I love I love Sagada so much. Sagada's cool. Sagada, champion of light. One green, white, white. Legendary creature, angel. She's a four four. Flying Trample. Humans you control get plus one plus one. And she has Coven, which I've been through, but I'll go through again. Whenever it's got attacks, if you control three or more creatures with different powers, look at the top five cards of your library. You may have a human card from among them and put it into your hand, put the rest of the bottom of your library in random order. I think I'm going to play this card in Legacy. Yeah. And I'm very excited to do so. Yeah. So, it's a four mana, four four, with Flying and Trample, which is like fine. Like, I've been playing Quest and Beast because it's a good beater and it has that kind of evasion. Um, sure, Sagami doesn't have haste, so she can't attack immediately. But if, instead of that, you get a, a buff for basically all of your creatures, because outside of Greens and Zenith targets, basically the creatures in your deck are humans. So Night yeah. Crow, Thalia, Noble Hierarch, Mother of Greens. Um, so that's a boon. It saves them from Plague Engineer. Plague Engineer is very good against Maverick when they name human, and this negates Plague Engineer. Like, you're more And then. Yeah, you you're not going to struggle to meet the coven. Yeah, uh, that's true. You, so, you, you, mother of rinse is one power. 
Noble Hierarch has zero power, Thalia has two power, Knight of the Reliquary has <laughs> more than two power, Sagada herself is a 4-4. Four four. Uh, it's not going to be hard to meet that criteria, and that just gives you a little bit of extra card draw, which is, which is nice. So I, I like that as just a green Suzu with Thalia. Yes, it seems really good. It's a lot more interesting for constructing magic in general than the Shadows of Ruinistrad Sagada, I think. Yeah, I, I, I like that Sagada, that. but I like this one a lot more. Um, this card's great. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of this card, and I just love Sagada. So I don't think I still don't think it's as good as the original Sagada. Um, yeah, certainly not. I mean, in, in terms of commander, then yeah, sure, certainly not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you want to build human tribal in green white, here you go. <laughs> you can change out the old Sagada we're using for this Sagada. Yeah, she she loves humans. Uh, yeah, I just I love this card, and I'm very excited to start playing it. And apparently, it's a story spotlight. Who knows? Who knows what's going? Maybe she's the one that reanimated Lisa. Yeah, maybe. Brought her back. We'll probably never find out. Ah, lovely. I'll make it up in my own head. It's the best yeah. way to do it. Sure. <laughs> fully agreed. Fully agreed. Okay, I'm gonna gonna hit my my last one. I think here we have a croaking counterpoint. Yeah, of course, you will try that one again. Croaking counterpart. One yeah. green blue for sorcery. Create a token that's a copy of target non frog creature, except it's a one one green frog. Flashback three green blue. And it has the best flavour text in all of Magic the Gathering. That is, Frog is the sincerest form of flattery. It's not the, that's not the best. Oh, it's the best. It's incredible. It's that my is... favourite that is my favourite piece of flavour text I've ever seen. There is absolutely no way that's better than he exercises his right to bear arms. There's absolutely no, no way you're telling me that's better than whatever. Frog is the sincerest form of <laughs> it doesn't even make sense, it's great. <laughs> Frog yeah, is okay. the sincerest form of flattery. Like <laughs> it's cause it's because this, what, what's the actual, the actual turn of phrase? Uh, Im imitation. Imitation, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so instead of the word imitation, they've gone from a very similar <laughs> sounding word. <laughs> Frog. Frog. <laughs> How good is that? <laughs> it is pretty good. Yeah, uh, we see this as a, this is a, a counterpart to cackling counterpart. Uh, whereas rather than yeah. making an imitation of the creature, you're making a frog of, of the creature. Yep, and it, it, I mean, yeah. So it's a gold card instead of the blue card with cackling counterpart, and its flashback cost is too cheaper. So if you have a really good ETB, yeah, maybe you want <laughs> croaking counterpart. Also, croaking cackling, very funny. It's like champion of the perished all over again. Yeah, I, I, did, I like this return to form of them just being kind of silly. Yeah, I love fan. it. Absolutely love it. It's I think the art is incredible for this as well. Uh, is, it, is it Heron's Grace Champion that it's doing a that it's doing a frog of? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah you've got that, a... that Heron does not look happy about that big fat frog. So. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you got the Heron. You've got this this massive bug-eyed frog just <laughs> sat on top of the, the the Heron. It's wearing like a leaf on its head as opposed to like the like the like the three-cornered hat holding a twig instead yeah. of like a sword. It's yeah. Uh, I just I love everything about this card. I love how ridiculous it is. Like it's it's not even it's not even a good card. It's a sorcery as well. Like it's it's slow. It's I I don't know. I'm just drawn to this card. This card is just everything everything great about about magic at its most fun. I think for me. Yeah, I think it's the just... thing with this is someone came up with the the art direction for this, and they got someone to do the art for it. And they were like, oh crap, we have to put this in the set, but we can't make it good. Yeah. Let's yeah. make it really bad, but it'd be funny. <laughs> yeah, or this, this was some sort of like unused like unart, maybe. And they were like, oh no, that's yeah. great, we have to save that for the Innistrad set. This is great. We have to put it in the set, yeah. Yeah. Well, you can get an extended art foil for your collection. Yeah, I maybe I will. It's it's just incredible. It might be on a playmat. They've Frog. been putting some bizarre cards on playmats. Frog is the sincerest form of flattery. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, love I mean, I do love that. Like a lot of the cards that I've got flavor text have been quite good in, the, in this set as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They just once again, like we've got about half of the cards previewed from the set so far, and once again, they just seem to completely just just get Innistrad. Like, yeah, for sure. Fully know what Innistrad is, what Innistrad should be, and just represent it so well across all of the cards. Yeah, I think this is different because we. I was talking about the last time we first saw the spoiler cards. I was talking about the. Uh, like Zendikar Rising, yeah. and how when we went back to Zendikar and it was just Zendikar, it was kind of dull. When it just goes back to just Innistrad, Innistrad is so good that it doesn't matter that it's just the same as it was before. 
yeah there are yeah. slightly different things happening like we said like the whole folklore thing and like the um doing weird rituals and, and everything being a reference to midsummer um but it's it's in a strad and they're trying to be kind of silly with it a bit with cards like broken card but um i love everything about it even if yeah. all of these cards were unplayable i would love the set for sure yeah same definitely definitely it's it, it does very much feel like what they said as well, like this is a return to the original Innistrad, rather than what we saw with Shadows of Innistrad and Eldritch Moon, which, yep. which I think is cool. I love those sets a lot. Um, I love the original Innistrad sets. I love that every time every time we've gone to Innistrad, it's been a, a slightly different take on, on horror. Uh, every time they, yeah. just, they just get it. They fully get it, and I love it. Yeah. Very excited to see the rest of the set, and then also see what else... Uh, comes in in Crimson Bow as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, right, I've got three more cards. I'll be quick. Go for it. One, Pithing Needle. You yes. called it. Yeah. Yep. You called it. You wanted Pithing Needle in every standard set and every standard format going forward. This, there it is. You are. Yeah, I think it should be. I think, yeah, if if there's no, you know, if not a core set, um, stick it in. Stick it in a set. Like, it should just be in standard, like, all the time. It's playability will will vary depending on what the format's like but it should just be there as a tool to be used uh and i i love it i love this printing of it here that art is incredible as well it's absolutely disgusting and it's just, <laughs> yeah. just perfect it's just perfect yeah. i love the flavor text as well yeah but occasionally a scab remembers too much of its former life luckily there's an easy cure like jamming a lady in its head again that like kind of morbid humor which fits the plane perfectly yeah and it's trying to be silly i like it uh, right, Right of Harmony. Uh, yeah. Green White for an instant. Whenever a creature or enchantment enters that field under your control, this turn draw a card. Flashback to Green White. Uh, it's a glimpse of nature, but flashback for also cards about enchantments. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe this is this is to go, or maybe be playable in some sort of uh, you know modern enchantress deck, like they they try to seed with Modern Horizons too. Like maybe that plays into that. But it, it's yeah. a cool design. It's, it's weird, so they've banned the Glimpse of Nature in Modern. Yeah. And then made it cost two mana here. With Flashback, which is something. So maybe there's some kind of, like, Cheerios deck kind of thing that would abuse the Glimpse of Nature type effect, and maybe two mana isn't too much to pay to do that kind of thing. Uh, a one-shot when an enchantment enters about is so weird. Yeah. Because <laughs> there, oh, no, there aren't an abundance of, like, good, cheap enchantments. I, I don't want to be casting this to then cast, like, a Utopia Sprawl and an Abundant Growth. Maybe I do, I don't know, but it's weird. It's a weird implementation of like an enchantress effect on an instant that only cast what one turn. Um, but they're putting a glimpse of nature effect. Interesting. Uh, I, I, it's an instant as well, so you can flash in your enchantments, like we know that enchantments can do. Yeah. Uh, and then I want to talk about Orgre Bottom. <laughs> Go for it. Because I saw this card today and I didn't realise it existed. Uh, one green green for a 2-3 human druid. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may play land cards from the top of your library. Coven, as long as there are three or more power, three or more creatures with different powers, you may cast creature spells from the top of your library. This card <laughs> seems fantastic. Yep. So it's Oracle of Moldaya, Corsair of Grufix, slash Vizier of the Menagerie. Then we've seen Realm Walker do this recently with specific creatures. Uh, yeah, this card's good. I like this card a lot. I, I'm also going to try this in Maverick, which is why I wanted to because <laughs> yeah. I've considered okay. playing like Corsair Crux has been a consideration for that deck for a, for a while just because you want to have a lot of lands into the battlefield. Uh, looking at the top card of your library is is important information a lot of the time, especially when you're activating fetch lands or you're in like the relic raid to shuffle your library. Uh, and this is a very very similar thing. And also it can cast creatures on the top of your library, which again is card advantage. Um, yeah. And again, it's not hard to uh, to meet the coven requirement in Maverick. Also, it's a human, which if we're playing Sagada, it's humans. Uh, this card's great. I don't really know why they printed it. I wasn't expecting this kind of card. Um, but yeah, it does everything you want this kind of card to do. Uh, yeah. Probably a good commander card, and I'm very excited to play it in constructive formats. Whew. Okay, I made it to the end of the episode without my stomach exploding, so that's nice. <laughs> or vomiting, so. Good. We did it. Good. <laughs> we did it. Yeah, it's. Innistrad is just cool. I feel like every card that we've seen so far like I could say something about whether that's yep. how good or powerful the card is or whether it has like a cool or interesting effect or whether it just has like 
an amazing piece of art. Like most of these do. Yeah, I mean, we have like a a, a green, black, and burial rights card for some reason. Yeah. We have a bull standing in a maze maze field, which is like some haunting image from a seventies horror movie. Uh, we have so many cool cards. Spirits are a big thing again. That the the like the tribal thing is happening. Um, we've got a couple of cool reprints. Like Thermal Alchemist is back for some reason. Love them, Alchemist. I don't yeah. think we'll get the environment where it'll be that good this time, as opposed to like last time. Like I, I love that Thermal Thing deck it was fantastic. One of my favourite standard decks of all time. I don't think it'll be good this time around, but I'd love to see it back. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we've got a bunch of new core characters, we've got a bunch of old characters, we've got expanding on lore, we've got returning mechanics, we've got new core new mechanics. It's just it's a great set, what a great set. Yeah, I'm also it. very aware that the last time I said there was this much in a set, I said I hated it because of that, so... <laughs> right yeah, I mean, it's all good this time. Like, they just they just know how to get it right. They know how to get it right, and this time it's very right. We didn't even talk about Puppet Stitcher. No, yeah, we didn't even talk about Secrets of the Key and how we know Teferi's in the set now, despite yeah. that was spoiled months ago. But That's yeah, right, we can uh, dedicate an entire episode to you talking about the Teferi card when it gets spoiled. Yeah, That's I can't fine. wait. <laughs> Cannot wait for that. It's going to be good. Good fun. I do love Teferi. Uh, yeah. Yeah, what a set. What a set. I can't wait to see the rest of it. For sure. Cool, so that is pretty much all we have time for this week. Come let us know your feelings on Innistrad Midnight Hunt, what you've seen so far. Anything you love, tell me Tell me all your frog facts. Come hit us up on social media. On Twitter, we are at hfdcast, facebook.com slash hfdcast. If you've really enjoyed anything in this episode or would like to give back the monetary value, you can hit us up at Patreon. We are patreon.com slash devastation. Tiers start from as little as $1 per month. It's roughly 20 25 cents per episode. This podcast is brought to you by Madalink.com, where you can go to pre-order in the Strath of Midnight Hunt and use promo code HOFD5 at checkout to get 5% off your whole order. Yeah, it's great. We definitely recommend doing that. I've done myself. And would, would use Madalink whether or not we were sponsored or not, to be honest. Thanks, mate. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Good store you're on there. Good store. Thank you. Uh, if I'm on my own personal social... I could try that one again. If I'm on my own personal social media, on Twitter, I'm at PeachGardenOaf. Facebook, I'm Joe Loudon, I'm in pretty much all of the magic groups. Uh, I also stream on Twitch every Friday night, we do Friday Night Magic at twitch.tv slash peachcardenoaf. We do a whole abundance of different things. Uh, we're probably going to do something super fun this weekend, um, with it being my birthday and all. Yeah. Maybe I'll do some, I don't know, I don't know, it'll be fun. Come check it out, whatever I end up doing. Twitch.tv slash peachcardenoaf. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at jeansnealer, because I've decided to make... Warhammer, my favourite hobby, just as Games Workshop start doing shifty things. Not nice. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's going to be hard to like, explain that, because like, people who know what a gene stealer is would be like, oh yeah, just play, replace the T with an N, and people who don't know what gene stealers are would be like, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I still need to come up with, with a bit as well. I, I, I no longer have a, have a nice to say, but yeah, I it's, think it's cool. I, I do like really- Thanks. <laughs> I mean, I don't really, uh, I don't really think that <laughs> putting sixty nine after my name and therefore you saying nice is really us coming up with a bit. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> no, I mean now I have to put in effort to come up with a bit. But yeah, sh- <laughs> if just, feels, just feels empty. Just feels empty whenever you say it now. But I, I, I do think Gene Snealer is a fantastic, fantastic tag. Thank you. And if for Gene some reason Snail. the person who has the snail handle is listening, please give it to me. I'll give you money. <laughs> Let me have it. I want it. <laughs> That's all we have time for this week. Once again, we're approaching the second hour. The Godfarer has returned. We'll see you again next week on Hour Devastation. <laughs>